You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for joining us here on Never Sleeps Network or iTunes or wherever you're listening to us today, wherever these sounds are going in your sweet, sweet ears. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, remember to hit us up on all the socials at TNW Pod on the Twitter, Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram, Talking Wrestling at gmail.com, and Facebook's backslash talking wrestling remember it's not talking it's talking wrestling with an apostrophe n t-a-l-k apostrophe n wrestling oh why is it like that because it's the ripoff of hulk hogan's rock and wrestling you already know this plus extra letters cost money so with that said we got a great episode for you today it's going to be a lot of fun i've been lucky enough to snag uh, one of canada's top headlining comedians he's been nominated for funniest canadian comic many many times he's one top comic he's one funniest canadian comic he's a hell of a great guy i've known him forever good friend of mine and now a good friend of the show the one and only pete zedlacker's here yeah yes thank you for coming do i get intro music do i get like we don't even have intro music we're not (laughs) We're under a year in. We haven't I figured want, it out yet. I want you to say my name and then like some... Okay, let's see what I can do. Let's see if we can do this. Hold on a second. I don't know why I did Frankenstein by... Uh, well, why not? There's my intro. My intro music is two guys going... Cheese whiz. Scatting. You know, it's funny. White dudes scatting. When I was on student council, we used to do the closing and morning announcements. Fun. So in order to do the evening announcements, you had to hit this buzzer. They went beep to let you know the announcements were coming. Okay. But you didn't have to hit the buzzer. You could just pick up the phone and start talking and scare the shit out of people. Oh, yeah. So one time, instead of doing the beep, the cheese whiz commercial was really popular where they're scatting the cheese whiz so okay. i was like cheese whiz right and then i was like here are your evening announcements and then uh, a couple days later principal's like just yeah we're gonna get you not to do that yeah, just so can you uh, not run it like a radio show so just listen guys i know we're having fun up there but uh yeah, exactly the cheese whiz jingle is uh Copyrighted. offensive to some people some people who are lactose intolerant and there they was, don't want... There was, was the 90s. There was nothing there was nobody, Nobody's lactose intolerant in the like, 90s. No, no, there was nothing. They might have been, but they died. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to find some sort of good tune. I kind of like that scat. That was scat. that was fine. Yeah, well, that is a good scat. There are some great scats uh, back in the day. Because uh, that's how wrestlers come to the ring, right? They got their, your intro music and your... Uh, that's how I got into Black Sabbath from the Road Warriors. Uh, really? Yeah, that was the first time I ever heard Black Sabbath was uh and the ro- their opponent I am Iron Man. Yeah. I would run to the ring and immediately I was like, What what song is this? What band is this? Oh, here's what you come to into. It's a commercial. I'm sorry, you damn you YouTube. <laughs> I, I, Why don't you it, work? That's my gimmick, the sellout. And it just the in the song that I come to the ring is like a local commercial. 
Okay, now give me an intro while this happens. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the studio now. Former Canadian top comic. Former. Well, former Canadian no, top guess, comic. No, no, top. <laughs> wait. Top comic is like a presidency, right? You just get to be top comic. Yeah, forever. Sirius XM's top comic. Yeah. Yeah. Sirius XM's top comic. Pete Zedlacker. That's not bad. That's, I like this. Um, now I have my <laughs> my voice. My voice is a little hoarse, so I I couldn't go up. I had to go Saturday Night Live. No, Jack I got, Pardo, yeah, I got, yeah, like, he went Don Pardo. Yeah, Zedlacker. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, no, it worked. All right. Now good. I feel like we can do a show. Yeah, we can do a now show. Now we're ready. Yeah. Yeah. I've been introed. As I've had my majestic intro. As, yeah. The fireplace is going. We do the have intro a fireplace is, going. We here, do have a yeah. fireplace going. The intro is going. The dog has stopped barking. Oh, I haven't Everything. even thought about the dog. Yeah. Do you want to tell your, your listeners where we are right now? Uh, we are at my friend Serena's house. Yeah. And she has gone to a show. So uh, we are podcasting from uh, her living room while I'm on the road. By a romantic fireplace. By a romantic fireplace and dog toys all over the floor. <laughs> so, yeah. Pete has been on the road. I've been on the road. How long have you been in Calgary now? This is my second week. Second week. And next week I go out to Saskatchewan, or this week I go out to Saskatchewan, okay. yep. and then come back and fly out of Calgary on Tuesday. Okay. Next Tuesday. So, so what did you do the last couple of weeks here? Uh, I did the Laugh Shop, uh, yeah, and uh, the Comedy Monday Night and the Jupiter Lounge yeah. at the Night Owl. Is that it? The Night Owl? At the... Uh, Kensington? It's, it's Yeah, in Kensington. It's the, um, it's the Oak Tree. Yeah, the old Oak Tree. The Oak Tree Tavern, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've hit... A, this is my stomping grounds now, buddy. This is it. This is... Well, you're Calgary, in my backyard. This is... Not only is it your stomping grounds, it's Bret Hart's stomping Me grounds. Me and Bret Hart hit all the rooms on... Uh, we, we do Oak Tree together. We have a duo. Do you remember uh, one night... Pete and I and uh, a couple other guys yeah, went out drinking story. at a bar yeah. I called Cowboys. And for wow. some reason, uh, it was right after Bret Hart had a seizure. <laughs> and uh, so He had a stroke. He had a stroke. His stroke. Yeah. So Pete was telling people he was Bret Hart fresh from his stroke. <laughs> and he was talking out of the side of his mouth like he's good old JR. <laughs> What and an one girl, and I, and I was like, and one girl was like, "You're not Bret Hart. I I know Bret Hart's daughter, and you're not Bret Hart." And you're like, "What are you talking about? I totally am." <laughs> talking talking like Jean Chrétien. But that was also the uh, the night at Cowboys where we convinced girls. I said, uh, "It's my bachelor party." Yes, and uh, we have a disposable camera. So this is how old this story is. Yeah. You guys set it up like we want to get incriminating photos of uh, for his bachelor party because his uh, his fiance doesn't want him to have a bachelor party. Yeah, and the girls were like, "What? That's ridiculous!" So they were getting all these like saucy photos. So I have like a lot this. of tongue in the ears, and-, <laughs> and then you know, big boobed girls that were working at Cowboys, yeah, their boobs in my face. I have all those pictures. Yeah, uh, it was my disposal camera. It was uh, so it pictures. was an epic e- evening in uh, Calgary. Yeah. yeah, to be young and dumb and yeah and. Uh, Young comics out on the full on the booze. town, yeah, full, full of, booze. of booze back in the day. Yeah, it was good uh, times. It was a good night. That's a good wrestling story because it had Bret Hart in it. Uh, it's just <laughs> any story that involves one any little aspect of wrestling qualifies right? for this podcast. Okay, cool. You know, you can have the best story in the world, and as long as you walk by a TV that wrestling was on at some point, <laughs> then it works into the podcast. It qualifies. I did a sketch with uh, Bret Hart on the hour when I was uh, oh, wow. I worked on that. Do you know this story? No, I don't. Oh, this is perfect. This is an actual wrestling story then. <laughs> so Bret Hart came on the show, and um, I was working for George Strombolopoulos' uh, talk show. So we would do sketches with the 
the guests that would come in. So yes. I pitched this sketch, and uh, Bret Hart's people were like, "Yeah, we can we can do this." And the sketch was, he's in the green room, and I come up and I say, "Hey, Brett, I'm one of the writers here on the hour, and I just want to say, like, uh, I'm a huge fan of yours, and I saw you wrestling at uh, Stampede Wrestling back in '82, uh, whatever the number yeah. was, and uh, you were wrestling whoever it was." And then he interrupts me. He's like, uh, "Yeah, you were uh, second row with uh, like an older gentleman. Like, uh, I think he was your uncle." I'm like, "Yeah, my uncle Jimmy." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, you had a, a T-shirt on that said Go Brett.'" I'm like. Yeah, how do you remember this? He's like, I remember all my fans. Like, this is remarkable. I can't believe this. And then my buddy Scott comes in and says, hey, uh, Brett, uh, I'm Scott. I'm one of the writers here. Y- of course, you remember me. And he's like, no, I'm sorry, I don't. He's like, well, you were choking in a restaurant. I gave you the Heimlich maneuver. I saved your life. And he's like, no, it doesn't ring a bell. You had me over for Christmas dinner. No, I don't remember. Like, but uh, hey, Pete, I'm having a party afterwards. Come by after and, uh-huh. and bring your Uncle Jimmy. It was a funny sketch, right? Yeah. yeah but uh, he had a cast on his leg. Yeah. And uh, so we're setting up the cameras and I'm just making small talk with him. I'm like, hey, how's your leg? And he's like, oh, it's, you know, a couple of Advil feels all right. And like, can I add what what happened? He said, oh, I stepped out of the car. Car wasn't in uh, completely in park and it rolled back over my ankle and it broke my uh, fibula. And I was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. And then um, that week he was supposed to wrestle. Vince McMahon at one of the rest like uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania, yeah, and then uh, he came out in the ring, and then he said, "I can't wrestle." And then Vince McMahon was like, "Oh, you chicken!" And then he ripped it off, and it was a fake. It was a fake cast, but he kept it going for the sketch. Like even though we were in, yeah. like, he could have just said, "Oh, this is for a wrestling thing that I'm doing," but he, no, he played no, it off. He to played me, it like, off like, he like was no, really I injured. actually broke my leg, and I was like, "Oh shit, Brett, that's terrible." Oh yeah, and then we got this news that oh no, it was uh it was all it was a, work. It was a fake. Yeah, it was a work thing. You yeah. had to work the, the yeah, yeah. guys at the yeah. hour. Yeah. In case they break open the story. That's Wrestling right. fake. You've heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Bret Hart dupes. What? Harry dupe. I was, you know, I was so, stunned. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, there used to be like, you know, like there's a legendary story about how whenever Brett and Owen would fly back to Calgary after right. after their tours. They would never sit with each other because they were enemies. Right. So they would all be different parts of the plane. They would enter the plane separately. They would not talk. They would not communicate in the airport. Right. It was completely kayfabed. So then, yeah, one time, kayfabed. What? So what is that term? Just to go back, just it means I, I've that, heard that before. It means keeping it real. Yeah. But not but where real. does where does that term come from? Kayfabe. That's a wrestling carny term. It's uh, a carny carny like term. A, a right? carny term. I, yeah, probably from carnivals before wrestling oh, yeah. where. The mermaid is actually a mermaid. You know, it's not. It is real. Keep it. Keep it kayfabe. I get you. But so, where does the phrasing kayfabe come I, from? I don't know. Oh, you but, don't know. But, okay. uh, but it just means like. So I've heard know, that phrase used in wrestling before. Like, yeah. Out, you know, outside of the wrestling ring, they keep their kayfabe going. Or yeah. Whatever. Like they keep. Okay. So there's. So so what happened was, Brett and Owen would travel separately. Now everybody knows their brothers and everybody knows their friends. Right. But because they're fighting at the time, they wanted to keep it so real. Right. That people think it's real. So the airport security, I guess they were frustrated because they're wrestling fans and they, they're like, this can't be true. So they detained both of them and they put them in this room and held them for like a couple hours and the camera's on them. They don't know. And then they start talking and then they're like, all right, we've come out. We've, we're okay now. Everything's fine. They're like, what's fine? They're like, well... We have a bet going, and he says that you guys are friends, and we said you guys are not friends because you're currently fighting. But after detaining you and realizing that you guys are having conversations now and you guys are indeed brothers and friends, we can let you go. 
because the gig is up. You know, they the border security cracked the gig of of the kayfabe. Now, now there is zero percent chance that this story is true. That, no, it's true. There, it can't be. They you can't detain people on a bet. It's true. It was it's in the so 90s. true. Yeah, absolutely. It was the nineties. It was the nineties okay, when maybe you know, I added the part about the bet. <laughs> And they, but, they kept him in a room for two hours to settle a bet Well, because that happens. Well, okay, here's another great story. <laughs> so the the Funks and the Briscoes, they're like two wrestling families, I remember, right? I remember, okay. And the Funks yeah. are crazy Terry Funk. And Terry family. Funk, that's the one I remember, yeah. And the yeah, Briscoes cowboy are, hat. Yeah. Yeah. He branded people. He, used to, he had a brand, that's right, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they had a barbecue one time, and when someone's not... Um, doesn't know that the wrestling is all a work uh, that it's that it's choreographed and it's uh, uh, scripted. Right. It's when whenever you find out a wrestler tells you how the business works. Right. That's called smartening someone up. Okay. But if someone doesn't know, they're not smart. So this wrestler brings his girlfriend to the barbecue. Okay. And he's one of the fun. He's one of the Briscoes, let's say. And uh, the Briscoes are actually friends with the Funks. So the Funks show up at the barbecue, and the girl's like, oh, my God, what are the Funks doing here? There's going to be a fight. And, yeah, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> they had to start a fight, oh. and they had to, and the Funks had to wreck the barbecue, and they had to brawl their way out. And it says, wrong. sorry about it, new girlfriend. She doesn't know about That's all that. That's so great. And then they this, just, I believe. This well, sounds like a real story. It's like, it's like they could have had a normal barbecue, but because one person Didn't. brought one person that wasn't in the loop, they're right. like, you get a special play. No kidding. That's amazing. And then, so then she goes back. She's like, what happened? To the Wrestling is real. They, the Funks showed up. <laughs> They're like, what? The Funks showed up? Yeah. Well, remember last Friday night at wrestling where they said, we'll show up and we'll kill you? They showed up at the barbecue. <laughs> yeah, I love there it. There weren't even cameras or it. fans there. We had, uh, here's my kayfabe story. Uh, wrestling came to Wawa when I was a, a little boy. Yeah. And it was, uh, I got a few wrestling stories from this. Well, this, this is great. Yeah. So um, one of the wrestlers, I forget he came to the gym the next day. So me and my buddy were at the gym and we're working out and one of the wrestlers was there. And we're, of course, a little starstruck. And like, hey, how are you feeling? Because his head was bleeding. And yeah. And I said, how's your head? And he said, oh, you know, you take, you know, you pat down and just, you know, you you go through it. And I said, wow. And so, so where are you next? And he's, oh, we're hitting the road. And then his opponent walked into the gym and sees him and goes like, like I could see a recognition like, hey, man, what? The? And then he sees us, recognizes us from that wrestling card the night before. And then he stops and goes, I'm going to get you tomorrow night in Sudbury. You better be ready. And then, then he started yelling back and forth. And then he left the gym and we were like, whoa, wrestling is real. Like it was a it was such a great thing that they did for two. 13 year old boys yeah. that were like oh my god their wrestling is real they hate each other oh yeah 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 like, but if we weren't there obviously they would just work out and no like matt billen his dad used to promote <laughs> uh for Stu hart up in prince george oh, wow. and so matt's favorite wrestler of all time was owen hart that was his hero wow. so whenever he would bring up the wrestling owen would let matt just be by his side the whole time so owen's in the dressing room putting on his boots or getting dressed or whatever maddie's sitting there and so is maddie's brother and all of a sudden, Bulldog Brown comes in, and he's like, Owen, you get your stinking friends out of the dressing room. This is for wrestlers only. And then all of a sudden, he stands up, and he puts Matt up on his shoulders. He's like, if I want my number one fan, Matty Billen, is the best. to come into my dressing room, then I will have my fans, Matty Billen, in this dressing room, and he'll be here, Bulldog. <laughs> and meanwhile... They're all wide-eyed and like, oh my, like, wow, this is going to come to fisticuffs. Yeah. And meanwhile, Maddie's dad's in the corner just laughing because yeah. he's like, can you guys do a little something That's for so the kids? That's so great, yeah. 
And I and I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Like that never happens in acting, except for whenever like some like some big actor that plays a superhero. Like sometimes yeah, it's almost like an unwritten rule now for those superhero roles. Like you get your costume and then you go to children's hospitals. Now, and you, well, now it seems like they're boring a page out of wrestlers. Right. You know, like you like where Johnny Depp just shows up at a school dressed up dressed as, as Jack Sparrow. Jack and, Sparrow. Yeah, it's so cool, right? And that's like right or. Or uh, Tony Stark shows up and gives a kid a 3D, makes a 3D arm for him that's Iron Man. Oh, wow. Like, what? These are... Oh, my God. Really? Just crazy. Right. I lost words there. I couldn't even say... I get it. That's, that's when, when I try to describe the lull in Robert Downey Jr.'s career. <laughs> I am at loss for words. <laughs> no, that's that's remarkable that uh, that wrestlers would do that for uh, for their fans, you know? I never thought of it in those kind of terms, but it, you know, keeping it real for, for little kids is uh, yeah, yeah, keeping that magic of childhood alive. You know, oh yeah, yeah, of course, and 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 it's great. So you worked on the hour with uh, with George uh, and uh, on oh, yeah, so many wrestlers come in. Yeah, we had Hulk had Hogan all the time. Like, what was that like? <laughs> this is one of my favorite moments in show business. Uh, Hulk Hogan's getting ready for his, getting ready for his interview, walking down the halls at CBC. I'm walking the opposite way. He's walking towards the studio. It's just me walking past Hulk Hogan. Oh and I said, uh, have a great interview, Hulk. And he said, thanks, brother. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan just called me brother. I know. <laughs> he calls everybody brother. Uh, no, he, he just called me a brother. He doesn't. That's the thing is he doesn't have to learn names. That's right. Or remember names because you want to be called brother. Thanks, brother. Rather than Pete. So we did know? this sketch where uh, I was... Uh, me, my dumb character, Pete, uh, the writer on the hour, is a super fan of Hulk Hogan. He's excited to meet him because he's lived his whole life through the uh, the sayings of Hulk Hogan. And yeah, I can't remember three, what it the is. Three Demandments what, of Hulkamania. What is it? It's like... Uh, say your prayers. Say your prayers. Eat your vegetables. Eat your vitamins. Eat it? your vitamins, not vegetables. Vitamins. Train. Train, say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. Eat your vitamins. And be a real man. There he is. That's it. And then... The four uh, Demandments of Hulkamania. And my character was... Uh, I. I'm so excited to meet Hulk Hogan just because I can tell him that I've always done these four that he's committed. You know, he said, uh, uh, train hard. I always trained hard. Uh, I always said my prayers. I eat vegetarian. And uh, and then my buddy Scott's like, oh, it's eat your vitamins. No, no, it's it's eat, eat vegetarian. I'm like, no, it's 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 eat vegetarian. What do you, it's not vitamins. And then he convinces me like, no, it's eat your vitamins. That's what Hulk Hogan always said. I'm like, oh my God, I've lived my whole life as a vegetarian because of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and then I get upset and walk out and then Jimmy Hart goes, was that Meatless Pete? He comes, that's, he's the biggest uh, Hulkamaniac runner. That's Meatless Pete. I do remember that. that yeah, I remember Meatless, Meatless Pete. Meatless Pete. But it was so great because we just, we pitched it to uh, Jimmy Hart and he was like, yeah, okay, what do you want me to do? And then he was like, we just told him the sketch and he said, what if I uh, get all excited because it's Meatless Pete? And I got, we're all like great, yeah. and he came in and then just boom, like hit all his marks, and then, and uh, yeah, no, he was he oh, was like, that's the thing for like for, <laughs> super cool to meet. Oh yeah, like Jimmy when, Hart. And my buddy Scott's reaction to Jimmy Hart coming on and go, hey, was that Meatless Pete? And then Scott's reaction is Jimmy Hart. <laughs> like, like, how did you show up here? <laughs> He's with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, exactly. He's his manager. Exactly. A lot of people who yeah. tailed off that got out of wrestling before the end. Of Hogan's run, yeah, like they don't know that, like when Hogan left, um, you know, he left WC when he WCW Hogan, right? Not WWE Hogan, but WCW Hogan, yeah. Always had Jimmy Hart as manager, right? And Jimmy Hart, I think, is his actual manager, actual to this manager. Day. That's right, yeah. 
Yeah, he was kind of explaining what he he does with Hulk. Like he probably behind, does all yeah, he does all actual and... management. Yeah, it's yeah. an actual management job. Yeah, we uh, we had Hulk for the uh, the New Year's episode, counting down to midnight on CBC. So I pitched to CBC. I said, "What if we get Hulk Hogan to count down to midnight?" And they're like, "Oh, that's a cool idea." And I said, "No, no, we count him down. We start counting him down from the hour before." So he starts counting down from what is the number? 2,550, 2,549, 2,540, you know. And then George says, okay, we're going to check back with you, Hulk. And then they kept through the whole hour yeah. checking back with Hulk. And he's counting down 1,423, 1,422. Uh, did he have like one of those bars? Like, there was a Saturday Night's main event where he had like one of those. It's not yeah, a go bar, it's a yeah, bendy those bar. Bendy bar. Yeah, those and, training bars. Yeah, and he's like, He's like, he's saying everybody's name that's in this battle royal. He's like, Volkov, Sheik, Psycho. And each one, he's like bending nice. the bars. It would have been good if he'd been like, 2,126. <laughs> so he actually does like 2,000 so bar curls. He counts down from, so we get down to like actually 15 seconds before midnight. And then George says, okay, we're going to check in one more time with Hulk Hogan. He's like, 15, 14. 13 and then cuts back to George going okay we'll take it from here Hulk thanks very much 10 9, and then cuts back to Hulk going what are you doing this is my moment and then he comes in and, and runs into the studio and then is just about to attack George and then it cuts to midnight and that's yeah. the end of the episode we have credits roll oh that's fantastic it was a fun it was amazing a moment in my comedy career writing for Hulk Hogan I'm like oh my yeah. god have we got to pitch a sketch and Hulk was like yeah I'll do it and, oh my god that's yeah. fantastic cool hey that is the best like it's <laughs> It's the best when you can use your powers to get like to fulfill dreams. <laughs> like if you thanks, if, brother. If, <laughs> if if Rob Ford was still mayor, he could probably say top ten things about being mayor. He'll like I guarantee. In oh, the top that three arm is, wrestling! I got to arm wrestle Hulk yeah, Hogan right, and yeah. I beat him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right below smoking crack. Yes, which was uh, the With highest Hulk, I've ever yeah. been in my life. Yeah, but the second highest I was ever was when I arm wrestled Hulk Hogan. He goes. I didn't even wear a hat, and I didn't even have to turn it backwards to arm wrestle Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I was just over the top from the get-go. Uh -huh. And then you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, Rob Ford. I knew you liked that movie. <laughs> That's a nice. huge movie for the Fords, I bet you. You are wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt, and yeah. I am wearing a Metallica t-shirt. Yeah. Did you know, Did you put that together that we are 1992 right now? We, we are, are that tour. We are that tour right now. Yeah, yeah. We should have somebody come in with a uh, Faith No More t-shirt on. <laughs> And I'll be like, and they're like, what, what is this? <laughs> what is, what is this? It's a podcast. What is, what is this? It's a podcast. Um, that's, yeah, that's crazy. I remember the last time I saw Van Halen in Toronto. Um, Do you like Van that, Halen? Is that one yeah, of the fans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like Van bit, Halen? Oh, yeah. A little bit. Uh, last time I went and saw Van Halen, uh, they were at the amphitheater. Yeah. But I took the TTC down, the metro or the train in Toronto. And uh, it took me right down. But it takes you to the Rico Theater, right? Okay. And Faith No More was actually playing Rico that night. Oh, wow. So there was like a blend of Van Halen and Faith No More. Right. And they're like, where were you at, Van Halen? Oh, cool. Cool, man. Didn't know. Where were you at, Faith No More? I'm like, oh, fuck. Didn't know. Didn't know. But there's like, nobody's bashing anybody's bands. No, because no. it's like, no, There'd we be all some crossover there. Time, yeah, that's we, right. We, yeah. You know, like, I think Van Halen fans listen to Faith No More and they would be here if they could. Yeah, you know, for like, sure. We, we mostly everybody looks like each other, so mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to throw another wrestling story at you? Yeah, just keep the wrestling um, stories coming. We had again rest because I'm from Wawa, Ontario, right? Yeah. Tiny, tiny town. We didn't get major wrestling. We had like 
I wish I could remember what it was, but it was like some kind of Bush League Northern oh, yeah, Wrestling yeah, yeah. Uh, chapter or something, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, like, yeah, but they were probably happy to go to Wawa because other tours they have to do, they have to drive on ice to get there. They and probably they, had to they, drive on ice to get and, to Wawa. Yeah, and they have to play in gymnasiums or just a little room somewhere. There was, I, I can't remember what the wrestling alliance was, but it was uh, out of Sault Ste. Marie, there was like a, a channel that picked up the wrestling yeah and then they would cut to their own wrestlers you know what i mean like they yeah. would show like wwf and then they would cut to local wrestlers doing promos for like hey we've got you know we're coming to sudbury we're gonna be mm-hmm. at the arena or whatever and there was a wrestling card that was coming to wawa and there was a french canadian wrestler and i can't for the life of me remember what he was him and his brother uh, but they weren't famous obviously no but uh whatever they they were the the Thibodeaux or whatever right and the Thibodeaux were coming to yeah. Wawa and he does a promo and he was the bad guy he's like people of Wawa you know where the, the arena is you go down the street you turn right you can't miss it it's the only thing in your town and we're <laughs> laughing cuz we're like oh my god Wawa's getting mentioned on the on the oh. TV so me and my buddy made up, you know, big Bristol board that said, you know, Thibodeau sucks or whatever his yeah. name was, right? And I'm holding, and I was a kid, like a child, and I'm holding it up, and there was like 200 people at this wrestling card that came to the arena in Wawa, and uh, he was wrestling whoever he was wrestling, but at one point, they're outside of the ring, and they're fighting, like, from me to you away, and he grabs the guy and then throws him right into me, like, bang, and I, I go flying back, my head hits the chairs, yeah, like, like what? Like stunned the whole arena is like what <laughs> like and then they help me up and then the wrestler who got thrown into me is acting hurt i'm like yeah. you hit a child <laughs> like, you're not hurt but he shakes it off and goes back into the wrestling ring and then we're all laughing like think of that in 2018 would you throw a wrestler onto a child well the child's got to be smart he's got to be able to move man <laughs> i was sitting in a folding chair dude i tell you I went to this PWG card. What's it's that? It's PWG's Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. It is a very popular uh, indie wrestling organization okay. based out of California. Okay. It's in a legion in Reseda. And okay. I, I thought only fighting in Reseda is a karate tournaments, but apparently they have pro wrestling in Reseda. Uh-huh. But uh, they're selling the legion. So they're, they're the only... So how lights. many people are getting in there? How many people are oh, watching? Oh, in that, in that legion, maybe... 500 people at oh, yeah, the most, like 600. Okay, cool. And uh, sometimes celebrities. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what's that show with uh, Boy Meets Girl? Boy uh, Meets World? I don't know. With You know Boy Meets World? No, I don't. Fred Savage's older brother? Younger okay. brother? Topanga? Does that ring a bell? No, not at all. No, no, no. girl Topanga? Nope, don't know. She goes there. Okay. She's a celebrity. Uh, um, if you have to describe who the celebrity is, not really a celebrity. The best is when you name drop and nobody knows. And nobody knows. Dropping. <laughs> you know, I was so hanging out with my good Fred Patenga. Yeah, like, what? You go down the States, you're like, yeah, well, Fred Penner's my neighbor. Fred and they're like, Penner. sounds like a nice that, guy. Yeah, yeah. You don't know who Fred, Fred Penner is? Fred Penner would be recognizable in Los Angeles. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so then, uh, yeah, I've, I, I, we used to have cards that came to our small town, too. Right. And, uh, but it's so funny cause like, but you had real wrestling come to, yeah, we had like Angela Mosca, yeah, who was that, a real wrestler. We had Angela Mosca Jr. Well, no, <laughs> Angela Mosca dropped out. Right. And they sent us Angela Mosca Jr. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. And I always want to know like, is like, clearly he's Greek. Right. But is Mosca, he, yeah. but like Angela Mosca Jr. looked Greek. He had the, you know, curls, yeah. the, you know. He was the wrestler that I told you that KFEB story. Like he was the guy that oh, we were really? talking to, and then his opponent came into the and was like, hey, "I'm going to get you next well, time." Well, Angelo Mosca Jr. was like PW Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Rookie of the Year for like 1980 or 81. Mm-hmm. Like it finished third in the voting. Okay, that's a big deal. Sure. Like 
So he was like, like on the rise, like, wow, this guy's. Yeah. But I always wondered if it's Angela Mosca's actually legit son. I had lunch with Angela Mosca one time. What? Yeah. Uh, See, now that's a name drop. That actually works. Well, I had lunch here's with the thing. Angela Mosca. It was like in Canada, Ontario, uh, my friend who used to be on ra- a radio, he's a, his name is Mark Papasak from Y105 Radio and mm-hmm. Country Music. And he was like the morning DJ forever there. Mm-hmm. So he was popular and he had this thing called the Hot Seat. And it was at the Canada Arena in the above the rink. There's a, a lounge and they would serve a meal and he would have a guest, sports guest, uh, usually an athlete or a management or some sort of sports writer. And it would be and live on the radio? No, it was no. just a private luncheon oh. for people that wanted to pay $15 to get a buffet meal <laughs> and listen to uh, a sports lunch. <laughs> and it was every Friday at the hot seat. All right, and sure. it was great. Sure. And like, you know, like... You go have lunch, and all of a sudden, you know, he'd have Chris Phillips from the Senators there. Cool. And he's interviewing Chris Phillips about what it's like to play in Ottawa. Right. right. You know, so one time he has Angela Mosca there, mm-hmm. and he hunts at our hunt camp. So we get special treatment. We get to sit at the guest table. So I go to Angela Mosca. I was like, hey, Angelo, uh, big fan. Uh, of course, most people associate him in Canada with CFL. That's right, yeah. I associate him with wrestling. Wrestling, me too. Yes, yeah. he's the guy that... Held up Ric Flair on his shoulders when Ric Flair won his first title in the cage. Okay. You know, that's I know this guy. Yeah. So I asked him about what do you think about Bob Backlund's return to the WWE? Oh, yeah, and Bob do you think Backlund. that you would be returning to the ring anytime soon? I'm not here to talk about wrestling. Okay, oh. I will not ask you. Oh, Angelo. And then he just sort of shrugged me off and I was like, all right, he's a grumpy old man. You he fucking old to, dick. Like, you know what? There's a lot of places in the world. Where wrestling has more merit than the Canadian Football uh, League. Yeah, like everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. So that's my Angelo Mosca story. Oh, that's the whole thing? And Fuck. I, well, that's, I never got to ask him all the wrestling questions yeah, yeah. I wanted I to ask have, him. I have 17 follow-up questions, yeah. Angelo. Exactly. None. You know who else was on the card? Sweet Daddy Seeky. See, so this is this is my favorite wrestling story of all time. It was uh, I think it was a different re- uh, match, but it was Angelo Mosca Jr. versus Sweet Daddy Seeky. Yeah, and uh, I bet you it was the same tour. It might have been. It might have been. Eighty four was the year. I have the wrestling poster. Oh my, my god, I, it would be because I would be about eleven or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like grade five, six, six. He uh, and uh, and I've told this in my stand up. So don't call me on like, hey, are you doing bits? This is an actual real story that I'm telling you. We didn't know who the good guys and the bad guys were, so yeah. the ring announcer would tip us off as to who we're supposed to be rooting for. By the way, he would intro somebody, so he'd be like, Angela Mosca Jr., right? And we all yeah. cheer, and his opponent, and he would say it like this, oh, so you'd know. And his opponent, Sweet Daddy Seeky, right? And then we'd cheer just as much for Sweet Daddy Seeky as we did for Angela Mosca Jr. And then the he ring announcer out, says... He came out of the curtain. <laughs> yeah, from like the change rooms. And then... Um, comes out and then we cheer just as much for uh, for sweet daddy Siki as we did for angela mosca jr yeah so the ring announcer says he hates it when you call him faggot <laughs> <laughs> and we're stunned we're like what well yeah that's terrible most, it's a terrible most, word most so nobody do. says anything so what does the ring announcer start doing faggot faggot he got 400 children chanting faggot at a man <laughs> that was my first hate crime oh my god that's horrible <laughs> He hates being tied up like a bundle of sticks. That's right. You know, yeah. he got they got children chanting faggot, faggot at a man. Yeah, that's great. That's so wow. Awful. This happened in the eighties in our country. Not like I oh, didn't no. grow up in rural Alabama in the nineteen forties. No, 1940s. That is not surprising. no, it's nineteen eighties. 
Um, they Canada. Have, <laughs> faggot. And now he does karaoke in uh, Toronto. And I'm like, imagine if you went up to me like, I just want to know if you still like it when people chant. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, next up to sing Paradise City. <laughs> Pete Zedlacher. Pete, are you ready? I give them my first and last name to do karaoke. Hold on a second. I have a question. I have a question, Mr. Um, Uh, Sweet Daddy. You wrestled in this, and I just wanted to know if the ring announcer said, (laughs) there's a lot of people here that could yell this out to you tonight if you still like it. Do you still like being called (laughs) faggot? Is it it true that you hate being called faggot? Is that that true? Uh, He's like, it's better than some of the other words. I guess. I bet you. Sweet Daddy must have heard some uh, pretty hateful words. Well, yeah, up. he used to have to wrestle in Truro. Oh, and boy. Uh, Mark oh, boy. Walker used to go see these matches. Yeah. And Mark Walker's like, oh, boy. I, uh, I'm from uh, Truro. And Sweet Daddy goes, oh, that's a rough town. Yeah. That's a rough town. He goes, I'm sorry. I'm, I know <laughs> I know what we used to call you. Oh, no. And I'm sorry. Yeah. You know. Oh, Jesus. Sweet Daddy Siki was a black man. Is a black man. We should make that very clear for your, for he your is, listeners. He is, He's he a is. black man wrestling in very rural uh, towns in Canada in the 1980s. But not only in that. In 1970s. In, all through North America, he wrestled. Right. Like, he's not like uh, a local guy. No. Like, you know, that people don't know. This no. Sweet Daddy Siki I've seen broke him down in, a lot of barriers. Yeah. Uh, he, he used um, uh, Gorgeous George's gimmick. He That's had right. blonde hair. And he uh, came out with feather mirrors, and, mirrors, and yeah. he had a feathered cape, and he was he was fucking jacked. Yeah, yeah. He was built. Yeah, but he hates it when people would call him faggot. Like he hated it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's that was the gimmick. Well, I was watching wrestling lately, <laughs> and I can't remember, but the guys was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" It was the worst thing ever. Where it was something like something about Mikey's balls, or okay. I can't remember, but it was like the worst thing where it was like it was a pun. Where it's like his name, actually, if you yelled it out, you could yell it out like balls suck or something like that. Okay. But it was horrible. Right. I was like, oh, this is horrible. But um, in modern times, they were doing this. Yeah. Like, yeah this yeah, isn't like, times. again, so yeah. it was the early 80s in Canada. It was much easier to get heat back then. <laughs> That's right. Get it's heat. so like, it's so hard, you know, because yeah. like now it's like, um, he likes to be called faggot. And they're like, oh, oh hey. Like, we accept you for who you are. <laughs> we accept you for who you yeah. are. Everybody just cheers for him. Good yeah. for you. Good for you. You're a real man's man. <laughs> you were born this way, here. sweet daddy. Yeah. We're all little monsters <laughs> in here. Um, yeah, so sweet daddy Siki, Angelo Mosca Jr. I'll tell you who else was on this. I think I can go through the poster. Jet the Body Star. Oh, I wouldn't um, remember. Would you, were there any women? Was there a bear? Yes, there was a bear, dude. This Gen- is the only two matches that I remember. There Gen- was Gentle Ben. It was yes, and Gentle you know ben. the story of Gentle Ben. So well, I've told this. I'm hoping I'm going to be telling this at just for laughs this summer. But they said they announced we don't have an opponent for the wrestling bear, Gentle Ben. Yes, one of you will wrestle the bear, Did and happen. we collectively win. This is the went, same card. Ma- amazing, same amazing, th- amazing that you've seen this. So yes. back me up on this. So. Um, well, I know who wrestled him in my town. Yeah. I'm curious to who wrestled him in your town. It was, uh, well, there was three guys that, that I remember. Well, this is how I tell the story. Anyway. Ours was Rick the Zamboni driver. Yeah. <laughs> the Zamboni driver had to wrestle the bear. <laughs> and I told the story too, but not everyone just relaxed. But, so, so, yeah, so the first guy gets into the, well, they said, we don't have an opponent, but if you can stay on your feet wrestling the wrestling bear for 10 seconds, you'll win $50. Yeah. Is that the same gimmick that? Pretty much. Yeah. Th- what? How do you remember it? 
Well, I remember the Zamboni driver getting in the ring. But how did they entice people to get into the ring to wrestle the bear? Well, the bear was muzzled and had, you know. Yeah, it was ter- like, and, 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 I don't tell this part of the, re- when I'm on stage, but, but the they bear, had, the bear had, was declawed, and it was and wearing it was a muzzle. It was terrible. But like, he was, but he was. It breaks my bear. heart to think it about it. was strong. It yeah, was a very it's a fucking bear. bear. It's a bear. But the guy would have to go up and have to like lock up with the bear. Yeah, yeah. And let the bear throw him down. Exactly, yeah. And that's the worst part. But like, I remember being as a kid, I was like, why is he going off the ropes? Like I, the first thing I would do is take run him behind, out by the legs. Run behind the bear, top rope, <laughs> oh. double axe handle, oh. take out the bear. Oh. This guy's not going off the ropes or anything. This guy's this guy's but never they, watched. But they had a cash life. prize if you could wrestle the bear. Yeah. Like there was there was some kind of in, yeah. There's money. You involved. had to be enticed into the ring. Yeah. So the first guy I remember that they were told you put your hands on the bear's chest and the bear would put his paws on his shoulders. Yeah. And then the referee would say wrestle. And gentle Ben had been trained when he heard wrestle. That's when he did his move. It's like, just throw the guy, right? Yeah. He just flipped the guy. And we laughed so hard. And then the second guy comes in, and same thing. And then just flips him immediately as soon as he says wrestle. Then the third guy, he's figured it out. Like, the bear's going to do this flip thing. Oh, wait, thing. I know. And, and then I remember what happened. The announcer gets on and goes, the bear hates, hates it <laughs> when you call him faggot. <laughs> no. The bear- <laughs> So, so the third guy gets in, but he knows the bear's going to flip him, so he staggers his weight. Like, he puts his legs sideways, right? Yeah. So he's he's grounded. And then the bear tries to flip him, and they actually wrestle for a bit. And we start freaking out, going, oh, my God. Because if you stayed on your feet for 10 seconds, you win 50 bucks. And we're, win 50 bucks! And that's when the bear just started pissing. It pissed on his leg. It pissed on his legs. It started pissing on his legs, and we're freaking out, going, "The bear is pissing!" And then he's thinking he's winning, and then he looked down, and that's when the bear flipped him into a puddle of bear piss. That's the worst. That's loss the ever. hardest I've ever laughed in my life. That's ever, like, ever. Just when you think you're beating the piss out of the bear, the bear is the bear cleverly using it you. as a distraction, <laughs> and the bear paw <laughs> knocks him off. His, that's the best. And this, so this is how entwined our stories are the zamboni driver who worked for the arena had to come into the ring and mop up the bear piss (laughs) (laughs) whereas in your story the the zamboni Zamboni driver driver wrestled the bear yeah yeah he said i gotta clean this up afterwards anyways Uh, brilliant i'm so glad i have like uh you vouch for me on this like this is a real thing gentle ben no no like i will show you the tour poster oh i can't wait as soon as we're done okay and it's pretty much was there a Women's wrestling? I don't remember a women's wrestling. Voodoo queen? Maybe. Black girl with voodoo makeup on, and she slapped her ass a lot of people. Oh, my God. I would remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remembered... I didn't remember much of the wrestling, to be honest. I just remembered moments, like, and, like, images. Because I was, like, you know, grade five. Yeah. You know, like, this is the first wrestling I ever saw. Yeah. And it was, like... You know, you watch Hulk Hogan and everybody, and then I'm, you know, we're like, yeah. we'll take you to the wrestling. And oh my it's god, like, this is gonna be amazing. Who are, who are these people? Where's Coco Beware? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no Coco Beware. You got this guy that hates to be called faggot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why? Why? Uh, it's like, oh boy. Yeah, that's insane. That's that's a yeah, gentle Ben. Yeah, gentle Ben. Because I thought it was terrible, Ted. I told Jeff McHenry it was terrible, Ted. Because terrible Ted never had a loss. Who's Terrible Ted? Was also a wrestling bear? Yeah, wrestling bear. Really? Well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. There's no wrestling bears in 2018. Actually, the wrestling bears uh, now do love to be called faggot. Um, <laughs> they're a different type of bear. Yeah. Yeah. No, a, no, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. But uh, I don't think they're... There'd be too many. No, no. Um, People are enlightened now. all over that. We're too woke for that 
bullshit now. No, they can't even bring a snake in a bag. That's right. Yeah. Anymore yeah. to throw on someone because yeah, right, it's yeah. wrong. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Back in the when I was a kid, there was all kinds of animals in the ring. There was a Ricky Steamboat had his, his dude. You know what? Well, you com- you know Komodo they, dragon. They so many wrestlers. I didn't like the the bulldogs. Yeah, the bulldog. That they, yeah. that they would purposely. When the Bulldogs would be out drinking, right. then Matilda would just be in the hotel room. Right. And so many wrestlers would just take X-Lax and just fucking shove it underneath the door. Oh. And so whenever the Bulldogs would always come home after their matches, shit all over. the fucking Matilda oh. shit all over the fucking place. My mom bumped into the British Bulldogs at an airport once, and the reason she talked to them is because of Matilda, who is in, yeah. the, in the carry-on case. And she was like, oh, look at the Bulldog. And then uh, they started talking, and then he was a wrestler. My mom said, oh, my God, my son loves wrestling. What, what are you guys? Oh, we're the British Bulldogs. So my mom came home. She said, oh, look, I got an autograph for you. I'm like, how, how did you meet the British Bulldogs? I'm like, what? That's, like, so insane. Like, this, <laughs> the only other insane autograph story I've heard similar, Brendan McKeegan was on the show. Okay. And uh, he said his dad was doing laundry one night in Sudbury. At this little laundromat, okay, and he looked over and there was a guy also doing laundromat, like at like midnight, and uh, the guy had really colorful clothing. Uh-huh. And then looked over and then you know after the, the laundry, the guy's like pulling them out and realizes they're like tight, wrestling they're trunks, wrestling trunks right? and stuff like that. And then he realized, oh my god, I know. Excuse me, are you are you the Macho Man? He's like yeah, Randy yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage Macho Man was Savage. in the laundromat doing Edelman laundry, Sudbury. Uh, oh my after, god! After wrestling, washing his gear before going to the next town, <laughs> and so Brandon McKeegan got an autographed right. sheet of paper, probably said laundromat on it, right, and said uh, Randy Macho oh, Man Savage, happy birthday, peace. Brandon! Uh, Randy, so nice, Savage. so nice. So that is crazy. I saw wrestling in uh, Sault Ste. Marie. That was the legitimate wrestling that I got to see when I was. I guess I've seen wrestling a couple times, like real wrestling, like WWF wrestling. Yeah, and it was. Um, the main match was Don the Rock Morocco. Yes. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, his opponent was the the Iron Sheik. Yeah. So I got to see the Iron Sheik wrestle, and he came out with his Iranian flag stapled to a hockey stick. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> By any means necessary. <laughs> yeah, my dad took me to that wrestling. We took down to Sault Ste. Marie to watch that. I'm very curious. I get to work in a couple weeks. Well, not a couple weeks, like 14, 15 17 and 18, I'm uh, working with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, cool. But, like, one of the big questions I would need to ask him. Two by four? Was, well, him and the Iron Sheik got caught smoking drugs. Oh, no. Got pulled over in a car, and they got caught with marijuana, and they got charged for marijuana possession and smoking. I don't think they got in trouble for that. They got in trouble because they were in the car together. Yeah, they were. And one guy's USA, and the other guy's the Iron Sheik. Right. And they're not supposed to be in the. Right. They, they were not keeping a kayfabe. So I want to ask him, I'm like, did you get in trouble more for being in, like being together than smoking weed? Probably. Because, right. you know. Then again, it's America in the, what was that, in the 90s, I guess? Yeah, it was in the 90s. Yeah, so yeah. their marijuana laws are bonkers down there. Oh, my God. Jeepers. These guys are just trying to smooth their bones. No kidding, bones, right? right? Instead of taking pharmaceuticals, they puff a dube and then. Uh, yeah. 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 All that's changing. All that's going to change. All that's changing. All that. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, if I was a wrestler and I, I'd love to smoke a joint after, a, you know, a, a beating of your body. Yeah. I know if I have a bad show comedically uh, and I take a mental beating breakdown. Yeah. I'm going to smoke weed after the show. Yeah. If I have a great show, I'm probably going <laughs> to smoke weed after the show. Right. 
but you know, but, like you know. like professional hockey players, professional football players, like they you know get beat up like brutally, yeah, and then uh, they have to take you know these heavy narcotics like these you know pharmaceuticals mm. to, and then you know they're full of anxiety. You take this pill, and then they finish up their career. They're fucking junkies, right? Yeah, hooked on the hooked on the yeah. the meds. So smoke the a joint, meds. smoke a joint, and uh, you know replace all that with a. Anyway, all that's changing. Yeah, all of it's changing in, in this country. Where come you, July. Come July, you'll yeah. be able to smoke smoke your joints. And all my marijuana stocks go through the roof, and I retire a millionaire. Oh, my God. So many uh-huh. people. That's good, though, because I know Boomer's got stocks, and so does Pete Anthony. Yeah. And Ed Smeal has already told me how much he's made off of his stocks. Yeah. Like, I just love that. He, I got a gig for you. I made $40,000 so far this year for medical marijuana. <laughs> it's like, well, and my gig is performing for them for how much? <laughs> oh, $300. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's crazy. Did you ever, I've, now, since moving to Toronto, you've been in Toronto for a long time, or were in Toronto. Moving from Toronto. Moving Toronto. But yeah, when now you were I live in, in Toronto, Calgary, yeah. Did you ever go to any uh, wrestling shows no, in Toronto? No. Never? Never. No, never went to a wrestling. I saw, when I was a teenager, we went to, um, we went across to Rochester, New York, and we watched um, a wrestling match that was the night before SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. And it was Hulk Hogan against the Junkyard Dog. Wow, yeah. And uh, then the next night we watched SummerSlam, and it was the exact same thing. Like, it was like we Cox, saw a rehearsal. You watched a rehearsal. We watched a rehearsal for SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Totally. That's crazy. And that was about the beginning of the end of wrestling for me. That's when I was like, okay, it, was, it wasn't yeah. fun anymore. Yeah. Am I allowed I to mention that on your on your wrestling podcast that I'm not a wrestling fan anymore? No, is that no, okay? Well, no, because you know, like most wrestling fans would kill to have your stories, let alone yeah, let it's, alone, you know, share these stories. I was, uh, you know, driving over here, going like, do I have some wrestling stories? And then I was like, oh yeah, I got Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart and Bret Hart. Yeah, and did Roddy Piper never go through? Roddy, I wish I got to meet. He was my favorite wrestler. Well, the Road Warriors were my. Fa- this is the story I wanted to tell you. <laughs> so when I lived in New York. The China Club was a block away from my school, which is a famous uh, dance club. Yeah. And on Monday nights, it was invite only. Like, you had to be a celebrity or get on this list to get in. And um, somehow, one of the girls in my school said, I can get us into the China Club. And I'm like, I don't want to know how you got onto the list. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, she got us into the China Club. And uh, I'm 19 years old, 20 years old, 19, I guess. And I'm standing at the bar, and I got bumped from behind. I'm like, and I turned around and this ginormous man, I'm like, what the fuck? And I said to the bartender, I'm like, did you see that? And he said, yeah, that's Earthquake. I'm like, like the wrestler? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, just yeah. started putting it together. The wrestler? He said, yeah, the SummerSlam was at uh, Madison Square Gardens tonight. All the wrestlers are coming here after. I'm like, for real? So by the end of the night, literally every wrestler you could ever think of in your life was standing in that bar. Like I saw... The Million Dollar Man and Hulk Hogan and uh, Superfly Snooka and Greg the Hammer Valentine and the Nasty Boys. And it was like a who's who of wrestling was just in this bar. Yeah. And also Eddie Murphy. And uh, yeah, I, I know. What? I know. Murphy? I'm at this bar at, and Eddie Murphy was there. And uh, uh, it was one of those remarkable nights in my life. I'm like, I'm a kid from Wawa, Ontario. Now I live in New York City. And I'm rubbing elbows with. I took a piss next to Greg the Hammer Valentine in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end of the night, I was walking, and then all of a sudden I got shoulder bumped, and I turned around. It was one of the nasty boys. He was like, you got a fucking problem? I was like, nope. 
and I just walked away. No. But he was he was full of booze, looking for a looking for a fight, looking for a fight. Those like, guys were legitimately tough. They, they, were they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, it were was, nasty, uh, they were tough guys. Yeah, nasty, nasty guys. What were they? The nasty boys. The nasty boys. Yeah. Remember missing tooth, and he was about forty pounds overweight, and I'm like, no, I'm not. Knobs uh, and sags. I'm not uh, throwing fists with you guys. No. No, they were nope. uh, legitimate fucking tough guys. And I stood next to the bar when I so wish I had been more forward with these guys. Like I, I wanted to because I stood next to Road Warrior Hawk. Yeah. And uh, he bought a, a round and then he put his credit card down. I looked at his credit card, his Mike. I was like, oh, fuck, there he is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. His real name, yeah. Mike, I, uh, I really wish I had gone like, hey, I dressed as you for Halloween. Like, you know, I wanted to, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, could been like, you could have been like, you know, so many things. It's like, do you, did you prefer coming in Iron Maiden as opposed to the shit music WWE? WWF made them do. Yeah, yeah that's like, right. Yeah, when they yeah. were the Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom yeah. made them change because, like, yeah. I used to watch them on French Canadian wrestling. Oh, that's right. La yeah, Lute International. Yeah, yeah. Before Montreal. they were. See, that was the wrestling I was into. It was the NWA, right? Yeah. The, uh, the National Wrestling Alliance, yeah, where right? you get the Four Horsemen. Four Horsemen and Ric Flair. Ric Flair, and, and, Ricky and, uh, Steve uh, back in the day. And, the uh, Mulkies. The, oh, my God. You remember the Mulkies? <laughs> Randy and Billy. Yes. The worst tag team ever. They won the, uh, what was the big uh, tag team wrestling uh, super slam that they had, and they ended up winning it. The Jim Crockett Cup. Jim Crockett Memorial Cup. Yeah, I That's think right, they won yeah. one match. Yeah, they did, yeah, like and they got, they got to attend. They never won yeah. a match ever yeah. in their history. Like, And I watched that wrestling match, the one that they won, yeah. and it was funny because I was there with my buddy, and we were watching it, and, and their opponents, the Mulkies, and we started laughing like, well, I wonder who's going to win this one. Yeah. And then the Mulkies won. We were like, what? I know. What? We used to call each other Mulkies in the schoolyard. <laughs> we were like, you dirty Mulkey. The Mulkies. Yeah, Randy and Billy Mulkey. The worst tag team you in gotta NWA. Tell history. your your listeners, like, just if you don't know who the Mulkies are, look them up. They look like um albino, skinny albino well, guys, right? They were very is, pale. What's sad is Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express wasn't right? far off from being a Mulkey. He <laughs> right. just had better clothes and a better right. tag team partner. Right, right. The Rock and you Roll know, Express. They were, yeah. like, the Rock and Roll Express were scrawny little fucks That's as well. Right, yeah. And I never liked the Rock and Roll Express because I'm no. like, all these guys are doing are dressing up like David Lee Roth. I well, I always thought they were kind of ripped off the the Midnight Express. Like there was the remember yeah. the Midnight Express. With I like the, the Midnight Express. Yeah, they were they were cool. Man, that was cool. That was fun wrestling they, when I was a kid. That NWA. The Midnight Express had music that sound like that. Great, great, great music. And then they'd have to go up and wrestle on a scaffold. And Jim Crockett had his tennis racket. Yeah. Yeah. But it was was it a tennis racket? Or was it loaded with metal? Yeah, you know. I loved it. Oh man, Jim Crockett. Have you ever seen the video of Jim Crockett going through the drive thru? No. Oh my god, you never seen this? We're gonna pull no. it up, we're gonna play it on the show. All right. Before we Jim go up, Crockett at the drive thru. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna fucking love this. All right. Oh my god. This is legendary. Uh See, this is why I like the NWA, because they would do those promos like right after the ring. Like they would finish their match and then they walk over and talk to Tony Schiavone. Tony Siobhan? Yeah. Tony Yeah, you're what right. Was his name? And then Ric Flair was the best. He was he's still the best wrestler of all time. Yes. But his promos were just remarkable right this gold rims the glasses and and diamond rings and and then they would cut to like because it was in atlanta georgia right and it would be like the the scattered tooth kind of cross-eyed girls standing in the audience all like starry-eyed staring at rick flair Woo! <laughs> and they would cut to them going oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, here yeah, we go. We're going to pull this up. Jim, this is a Dairy Queen. Are we actually going to watch a video during a podcast? Well, we're going to most people have seen this video. Okay. Um should I describe what I'm seeing? Well, it's 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 basically for those of you who don't know, uh, Jim Cornette is in a vehicle with some wrestlers. Uh it's after their matches. They're tired, they're just trying to get food, they're trying right. to make it to the next town. And uh, Jim, this is at a Dairy Queen and this is uh Jim well, Cornette. The video says Jim Jim Cornette Dairy Queen incident. incident. <laughs> incident. As soon as incident is in the And then uh, it's an extended massacre director's cut. Okay, well, once it gets like they start fucking with it. We'll watch it, but we'll get the idea. It's pretty okay. great. Okay, here we go. All right. So. The camera inside a inside a car from the back seat. That's what I'm seeing. Now he's at the drive-in. That's Jim Court. Is that him in the dry, in the in passenger the seat? Didn't know whether to yeah. fix it or not. Yeah. We yes. We wouldn't have ordered it if we didn't want it fixed. God damn. Uh, I'm a fucking idiot. Is this in a fucking oh. comedy show? Does this look like a fucking comedy bus to you? You know what? Hey, let me tell you something. Don't go to the area. You won't be a real Hey. Oh, he's getting out of the car. Whoa! <laughs> there we go. That's Jericho. We go. Hey! We ordered the damn shit! Because we're hungry, not because we wanted to fuck around, so don't cuss me! You fucking ugly bitch! Wow! <laughs> what a piece of shit! You've been waiting 15 minutes to motherfucking line, you stupid son of a bitches, anyway! Aww. We order goddamn $30 worth of fucking food and sit here for 15 minutes and they don't even start fixing it till we get up here? Because they think we're fucking joking? We've been sitting here 15 minutes. Oh, Jim Cornette. Where's he now? He is a top-rated podcast. Is he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Church of Cornette. Okay. They got a boycott national wide on Dairy Queen. No, I don't. <laughs> they didn't start a fucking thing. I thought we were joking. See, I hate that. Like, why scream at a girl who's just? We were joking. She's making minimum wage. She's working there, and you know, and then Jim that's Cornette's a minute fifty-seven. Be, the video is six minutes long. It goes long. for another six. Like, he that's just, a, like he's out of control. Like he called her the c word. Like, oh yeah, it's like bag. first of all, how do you? I have a rivalry tweets? now with Jim Cornette. I'm, I'm throwing down. I'm, I'm calling out Jim Cornette. Bring it on, Cornette. Do you hear that, Cornette? If you have the balls. We know you have the racket, but do you have the balls? I know you've got the man tits from the video I, I saw. And the, so, sp- and the spandex Zubaz and the, and the fanny pack. He does have track pants on. <laughs> he, yeah, because he was, he was in the ring earlier. No, was he? he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No, he's our manager. Well, hey, Jim Corner, if you're out there, the gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> Pete Zedlacker, top on. comic. Jim Cornette, top manager, debatable. Will you come on Talking Wrestling? And uh, yeah, let's settle this like men on uh, talk and wrestling. We'll yeah. we'll uh, we'll both come on the on the podcast together. Yeah, and we can settle. We can settle we this. can because I think you're disrespectful to employees who are uh, working at the in the fast food industry. I, the worst thing I ever did at Dairy Queen was one time I went up and instead of asking for a dilly bar, mm-hmm. uh, I was 14 and the girl was hot and I purposely asked for a dildo bar. Oh boy! And she went all. <laughs> oh yeah. And they told the other girls, and they all like giggled. 
But I was like, I know what I'm asking. See for. what I'm saying? I know this yeah. is a dirty word. I know. So, and I always thought that was great because dilly bar, dildo bar. Uh huh. Yeah. Very clever. Yeah. Fudge nut cluster. <laughs> you know, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> uh, Pete, uh, we're coming towards the end of the show. Are we? Yeah. Uh, where are you going to be? Where can we find you? I'm going to be uh, at the China Club with Greg the Hammer Valentine uh, and uh, Road Warrior Hawk. We're going to be. Uh, I Hawk know. I know. That's. Uh, the movie The Wrestler, when that came out, yeah, I, uh, I I came home that night and I was like, oh my God, all those wrestlers that I grew up, and I Googled them all, and it was yeah. like to the saddest night of my life, just going, oh, well, dead, wait, so, oh, so dead. I oh, like dead. asking people this. Yeah. So in The Wrestler, when you watched it, yeah. the end of the movie, what do you take from that? What happens? The jump off the uh, turnbuckle and the freeze frame? Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he probably injures himself so severely that his life is, is over after that. See, I think most people think that, but I don't. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't buy into it. I just no. think you think life, it was a happy, happy ending, and he gets it's back not, into wrestling. No, no, it's not happy no. ending at all. His life just keeps going on. Yeah, it just keeps going. And he has to live. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, with I, his van and being, yeah. being like that. That's there's no end right. to to his life. Actually, like, the happier ending to that movie would be he him jumping he, off the turnbuckle and then died. Yeah, and then he dies. But I don't hero. think that's the case because like everybody's like, oh my god, look at he's holding his chest. He's having a heart attack. Well, yeah. no, he's in the ring. He's selling his. He's selling yeah, an injury. That's true, yeah. Like he's not actually having heart palpitations. Right. right. He's just selling the the rest. Of, he's performing. Yeah, yeah. So when he comes off at the like, Mickey so Rourke, Mickey Rourke was at the China Club that night too. As a matter of fact, fuck. Jesus I'm just. I swear to God, this is fuck. I forgot. Jim. He was there, and uh, major celebrity. And at the end of the night, he was talking to two of the least attractive girls that were in the bar that night. It was like Mickey Rourke. Like you have the pick of the litter like why are you yeah. talking to these two girls because earthquakes already brought home all the hot <laughs> chicks i forgot about that mickey rourke was at the china club when all the wrestlers were there and then he went on to star in the wrestler and then he went on to wrestle and like did he really well so so what happened was he was nominated for golden globe for the wrestler yeah i think he won for the wrestler okay and then he got snubbed by the oscars uh okay. or no he got nominated for the oscar but he didn't win because what happened was he sabotaged himself by announcing that he was going to WrestleMania. Okay. And going to be involved in a match. So then he pulled out of the match and it ended up being Chris Jericho versus WWE Legends. So it was like Piper, oh, um, cool. somebody else, and Ricky Steamboat <laughs> against Jericho with Mickey Rourke in their corner. Right. So Mickey Rourke does come in at the end and gives Jericho a knockout punch. And then Jericho gets knocked out and takes the pin. But he was an actual boxer, though. Like yeah, he, he was an actual boxer. Right. So he came in and did the punch. Right. But the fact is, he announced that he was going to WrestleMania beforehand. And, and you that think that hurt his uh, chances uh, of winning an Oscar? Of course. Oh, yeah. Just like uh, Eddie Murphy killed his chances of winning an Oscar by releasing Norbert Norb- before yeah. the yeah. Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You, you're finally up for Dreamgirls. Like, this is your greatest yeah, but performance w- ever. True enough. And Norbert? Yeah. Re- really? You, yeah. Really? Like, come on. Yeah. He norbited wonder, himself. I wonder how important that kind of stuff is for those guys. Like, if it's, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I mean, know. it would put them in a different. I don't think Eddie category, Eddie, I, don't I don't think Eddie needs an Oscar because no, nothing. Eddie's the highest grossing black yeah. actor of all time. Well, he's like, he's not going to be remembered as like 50 years from now. Nobody's going to go Eddie Murphy Academy Award winner. No, it's just, be Eddie, it's Eddie just, Murphy. Like, just be Eddie like Murphy. Like he's more famous than the, the awards, awards of course. Yeah. So, like it's like you know, like look at it, like as like this, like his first movie, he stepped into a co-starring role, into his first movie, right. 
And every movie he's done since has either been starring or co-starring. Mm-hmm. He's never been a bit player. Right. He's never been a, a small part in a movie. So he's the highest grossing black actor in history, depending on which way you look at it. Because Samuel Jackson is also highest grossing. Sure. But the thing is, is Samuel Jackson was not a star. He's not a in, star of Star Wars. He's and not he's the not star a star of, in Jurassic Park. Right, and right. he's not a star in all these right. movies that he's a big... The, he's a bit actor in... He's not a star in Just Coming to America. Weird little trivia. Yeah. Coming it. to America was his first movie, right? You know, it's like so. Anyways, Eddie Murphy doesn't need an yeah. Oscar, but uh, Mickey Rourke needs an Oscar. Mickey Rourke did need an Oscar. Yeah, and it was good to see that his and he was got brilliant reliable. in that role. Like he was, and that movie's great, brilliant. Ah, oh, and like, the only thing that like Darren Aronofsky, he was guy. he was very believable in that role. Yeah. However, uh, Marissa Torme is a daytime stripper. So great. Unbelievable. So great. Not a daytime stripper. Marissa Torme. <laughs> no. No. She's f- feature. That's nighttime. Yeah. Exactly. Like weekend nighttime. Yeah. No, yeah. It's like when no, no. Kim Basinger no, no. is Eminem's mom in Eight Mile. It's like, no. No. That's not. Yeah. That's, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, you, you expect me to think that she lives in a trailer park and no guy has scooped that up? Right. Please get out of town. I remember being uh, in New York seeing Love Potion number nine. Oh, horrible. With uh, Sandra, Bullock, Sandra Bullock, her first movie. Yeah. And immediately we're sitting in the theater and uh, we smoked a joint before we walked into the movie. Yeah. And Sandra Bullock is wearing like terrible glasses and her hair is messy. And I'm like, are we supposed to pretend that she's not a beautiful woman? Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> no. And then she drinks Love Potion number nine, and then all of a sudden she's hot. I'm like, I know. no, no. I We saw this happening a long time ago. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and, and you know what? Hollywood she, ugly. Yeah. she And, you know, it's just sad because <laughs> she's had a great career, and then, you know, she got blind. She got blindside. Blindside? Oh, yeah. That's bright, Blindside, that the movie. Yeah. yeah. And while she's filmed that, her husband blindsided her. Oh, yeah, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse Jesse, James. Jesse James, yeah. But can you trust a guy with the name Jesse James? Oh, good point. Says it right there. Yeah. Uh, where are you? Where are you playing? What perform? What do you? What do you have coming up in uh, performance land? Well, Jim Cornette and I have a rivalry now, so we're going <laughs> to settle that on the podcast next time we're here. Um, uh, where am I next? Oh, at the Halifax Comedy Festival, I'll be hosting a gala. Yeah, at the uh, at the end of the month, um, and you can check that out on CBC when it airs in the, the next fall, year. I guess. In yeah, the fall. fall. Yeah. Uh, and other than that, um, gearing up, new material, getting ready for the Snowden Comedy Tour 2019. Sweet. SnowdenComedyTour.com. Check that out. Yeah. And All across uh, Canada, we're doing a cross Canada tour next year. Yeah. Bring your skis. Coast bring your snowboards. Bring your toboggans, and uh, head out to the Snowden Comedy Tour and check out. You know, uh, it it truly is like a uh, Avengers of 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 Canadian <laughs> oh, comedy. Oh, I like that because we'll put that on the poster. You know, you the Snowden Comedy Tour, the Avengers of Canadian comedy. Well, it is. You yeah. know, like you're the 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 talent level on that, especially when you substituted guys in and out, and the people that you were yeah. bringing in, like now Deborah oh, Giovanni and Craig Campbell can't make it. Yeah. So boom, there's Scott Thompson from Scott the Kids Thompson in the Hall. Are you in. fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, so that's uh, and that gas station video is the best. Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. They they spooked. Um, yeah, Scott Thompson Scott from the Kids in the Hall. Yeah, it's on my uh, Facebook page. If you it's on check Facebook page. Yeah. Where else can we find you online? Facebook, uh, Twitter. Zed Lacker is my last name. Just that's across all social media. Yes. At oh, Zed Lacker. Zed Lacker. What is that? Is that is that Austrian? Yeah, Austrian. Um, there's one Austrian in the Hall of Fame, WWE the, Hall of Fame. An Austrian wrestler. Uh, he, well, his name's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Schwarzenegger, of course. He's in yeah, the yeah. WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> I was excited for a second. I'm like, whoa, there's an Austrian no, wrestler? Just, just, no, no. just Arnold. I thought you were going to say, like, yeah, it's Hans Heimann. No, Heimann it's just Arnold. 
But uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and he's yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But other than and that, Schwarzenegger's listening. Uh, just let him know that uh, you know I'm a huge fan and hope your heart surgery went well and uh, we love you and uh, yeah yeah get well soon yeah Arnold. get well soon Arnold oh bye we love you yeah uh, folks thank you uh, for joining us on uh, Talking Wrestling remember again to hit us up on the socials uh, Talking Wrestling uh, podcast on Instagram TNW Pod on uh, Twitter Talking Wrestling at Gmail Talking Wrestling Facebook uh, thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears. And uh, we hope. Get on, Jim Cornette. Cornette, you've been called out. Calling you out, Cornette. You heard it right here. Talking wrestling. Pete Zedlager. The tennis racket's going in the other end, buddy. Yeah. Don't you dare talk to that Dairy Queen girl like that. You guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great one. Out. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.